0: So it's not like I got dropped into the deep end and was like all of a sudden I'm working two full-time jobs. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm working a bit more, Mm. I'm working a bit more, I'm Mm. working more. Alright, I'm working flat out, but it's sort of like the pace picks up, but you can handle it. Like It was a gradual, gradual pick up.
1: Hi, I'm Chrissy Flanagan, Sydney's self-appointed Sausage Queen, currently in trademark dispute with Melbourne's self-appointed Sausage Queen, but that is entirely another story. Welcome to The Slashies a podcast about entrepreneurs who lead double lives, the how and the why. Today we're talking to Josh Allen, cancer researcher slash brewer, recently of Merchant Brewing, about the myriad of choices he's made in juggling these two careers. Did you have a childhood interest in cancer and or beer?
0: Definitely definitely not cancer from the (laughs) get-go. I was probably moulded into science and, and the beer world pretty early on. I was actually raised uh, in, a, in a in a pub in a one pub town. No. Um, yeah, so yeah, my folks own own the pub in the one pub town. Growing up in that situation, being around beer and sort of sparked my interest in it. I that's, guess
1: that's amazing. Yeah. Have you ever made a beer for your parents? No,
0: they've. Uh, I mean, they've tried a lot of them. Yeah, my mum doesn't really drink beers, but um, <laughs>
1: <gasps> she <laughs> yeah. made some really interesting choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dad, uh,
0: I mean, he's starting to slowly um, move into into the craft beer scene but he is definitely a, a cult and draft or a Melbourne bitter drinker bringing these crazy things home uh, in in homebrew bottles my dad's just like this is rubbish like why are you bothering you know like <laughs> very 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 harsh critic <laughs> to, to get on with but he slowly slowly when I'm like oh well, dad you know like we're creating a business now yeah. and he's like slowly uh, sort of jumped on board to give me some support harsh support at times for, yeah,
1: oh that's interesting and so where did the science come into it
0: yeah just just a sort of just a general interest in science um, sort of through high school and then um, I went on to study biology at university which is uh, wide scoped uh, mm. at a university level and then sort of got into the medical research side once I finished university.
1: Mm. Mm. Do your colleagues at your day job know that you brew?
0: Yes, yes, uh, they all do now definitely. <laughs> 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 Very much everyone that I work with at work is science Mm. extremely motivated Mm. very smart and like it's like science or nothing like science is their job yeah and I there was sort of a a part of me that felt quite bad that I was actually sort of not giving a hundred percent of my attention now to Mm. the cause yeah Yeah. and so
1: what was the reaction when your first colleague found out you were doing this quite serious beer thing
0: a little bit shocked Mm. Um, I had a lot of questions about, yeah. like, oh my god, what the, this is what you do on weekends and mm. stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Did you get any sort of, if you're doing this, it means you can't be as serious about that?
0: Maybe not that. Like I mean mm. science research, like we're dependent on government funding. Yes. So it's not a it's not a, a huge money maker. Mm-mm. I would say. So people a lot of uh, joke responses I would get would be like, Why the hell are you here? Go and make millions of dollars working in a brewery <laughs> and then like in my head I'm like, You have no You do idea. not understand just, about business at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That why hadn't I thought of just going and being rich with that thing I love?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: So, so you were through university, you did all the stuff, you are all by the book. Were you tinkering with brewing at university at all? Uh,
0: a little bit, yeah. Really? So I mean like, um, I guess uh, the mindset of, of most uni students, mm. uh, that is like being piss broke and, and uh, just wanting to find or make cheap alcohol for as, you know, as little <laughs> as possible. So yeah. just making absolute, just, you know, just like the, the, the canned homebrew kits. Mm. Um, so that's where um, it all sort of started just to try and get drunk quite cheaply and mm. easily
1: so what what kit were you using when you first went I'm gonna make mm. some stuff can you can you make the those you um the supermarket kits with quite basic equipment I've
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah like it's uh because uh, I haven't done it for a very long time but essentially <laughs> it is just like boiling some water really? and mixing in the, the syrup and mm just filling it up with water and adding your yeast packets and uh you'll it'll make some beer
1: gonna, i'm yeah. gonna have to try that just actually out of interest to see yeah. what is the entry level because quite often with these sorts of side pursuits that are now careers you know we go to university and we are trained to do the day job thing but the other things it can be quite difficult to know how to start
0: yeah definitely it's all mm-hmm. like uh, sort of just working it out as you go along yeah um yeah, 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 and that's yeah. That's exactly how it started, just tinkering. <laughs> so
1: post uh, the the stovetop supermarket deal, um, what was your first original beer? And did you did you sort of know that you were starting on something, or were you still just playing?
0: Got to think back into the memory <laughs> banks for this one. Um, I think just still playing going into into the beer business was uh, with uh, two other good friends but um, I mean at the time we were just uh, just making home brews together so I, I'm not exactly sure what beer it was that sort of kick and tasted all right maybe one of the beers that we entered in a homebrew competition mm. possibly yeah. so
1: it really snuck up on you you oh, weren't sort of well, going I want a business
0: no no or at least for me like i was probably the the most uh hesitant to to get into business i Mm. just wanted to sort of make beer and sort of be left alone i guess but um (laughs) no we sort of made some beers entered some homebrew competitions uh we got some really good feedback i think there was one in particular where we won an award where it was batch brewing company down in marrickville they just opened and if you win a prize at this homebrew competition Worthy to make a commercial batch of that beer. Oh. Yeah, so that was our three-toe pale ale that got that. So that beer got made a batch and got quite well received, mm. and then that's really got the ball rolling in terms of setting up the business and mm. sort of selling commercially more seriously. Mm. For me, um, the business side of things was stuff that I knew the least about mm. so I mean it was interesting and probably the most stressful for me
1: it's interesting your parents having had a business that yeah. you were around that mm. as a child there's a huge difference between kind of seeing it happen and doing it yeah yourself.
0: With, the, with my parents sort of owning a pub I was only a, a young teenager all I was like seeing, besides like the behind the scenes where like my dad would be like he would show me how to sort of pull apart a keg coupler and all the sort of the behind the scenes working Of a pub which I was interested in, the front of house stuff I was just seeing, I was just seeing money getting exchanged and Mm. just beers getting poured and handed over.
1: Looked pretty straightforward. It looked
0: quite straightforward. Yeah. uh, In terms of owning and operating your own uh, gypsy beer company, where uh, (laughs) it's trying to sell to grumpy people like my dad, and (laughs) (laughs) for the first time it was, um, yeah.
1: So how um, the the win with badge. Did you then need to sell that beer or did they help you sell the beer?
0: They helped, I That's believe. Awesome. And it was, uh, it was technically um, sold under their badge. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got feedback, which was great, actually, mm. knowing that they just sold the beer for us. Oh, but, um, that's amazing. But, I mean, they kept all the money sure. and stuff like that. But, um, <laughs> but it was good to actually get some uh, positive insight in terms of what people liked and thought about the beer. Yeah. yeah. Was
1: that um, then a launch pad. like, could you use that customer base of the people who bought that specific beer? To sell the first merchant beers to? Um,
0: I think we tried and approached a few of those places yeah but yeah like we sort of just sort of went out and I mean four years ago Sydney like the Sydney pub and small bar scene mm. there was still only a handful of bars that were sort of taking on craft beers at the time so it was mm. a quite it was quite easy in terms of actually just going into a pub going they sell craft beer mm. maybe they'll be interested mm. while now it's like literally every corner oh absolutely
1: yeah yeah i mean it's still there's so much supply it's that competition yes it's great there's lots of demand epic supply and i guess it's hard to be sort of in the middle between absolutely new and giant and really well established in some ways yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you started making and selling the beer and you you gypsy brewed the whole time with merchant
0: yes one of our um key eth- things that we wanted to do was we wanted to make sure that we were brewing the beer ourselves Mm, and mm. doing all of processing and making. So I guess uh, in terms of gypsy brewing, you can be uh, be broken up into two categories, like being a a gypsy brewer where you're very Mm. hands-on with making your product or a contract brewer where Mm. uh, you essentially just hand over a recipe uh, or get someone to make it. Mm. Uh, So actually trying to find breweries that were would allow us to actually come on site and obviously first uh, sort of uh, shadow brew with them so we could learn their equipment but then uh, trust us enough to actually um, Mm. uh, use their equipment and brew was quite a struggle but there there was a couple around at the time which was quite Mm. nice. That's Uh,
1: interesting. Yeah,
0: but that also meant that um, we had to do all of our brewing uh, on weekends which is um, hard enough to convince a brewery to, mm. to fire up a, a brew house on a weekend. And then either just um, taking annual leave days and,
1: mm. yeah. Yeah, because the physical brewing is not fast. It's sort of like cheese. Oh, that yeah. you, There's a few hours you have yeah, to do. Yeah, it it's, it's,
0: it's a whole day process. Yeah. Yeah. So our first uh, half a dozen batches actually come from, from Hot Dog Beer Works oh, in Nara. So
1: Very cool. Which was
0: like, uh, so now it's like two and a half hours away. So we were getting up at the crack of dawn. <gasps> driving wow. down and then coming back and then so wow. that's where like the workload started to oh sort of really yeah.
1: yeah there's nothing increase. safe about small business like that your chances of running off the road are just high at any given time yeah. really because you're always exhausted yes and yeah. <laughs> doing yeah. things at crazy hours and back yeah. to back when you were doing both the research and the brewing what did your average sort of weekday look like
0: I mean to begin with it was okay because I mean there was only a few extra hours sort of added on because we were a new uh, beer company we didn't have many customers we didn't aim to produce like thousands and thousands of litres of beer mm. uh, and then try to sell it all at once or anything mm. we, So um,
1: what batch sizes were you doing? Um,
0: originally we are doing 800 litre
1: Nice
0: To kick things off we brewed a, an 800 litre batch mm. which was like 14 kegs I think we got out of it mm. and it's like okay we've got 14 kegs we don't have a, a, a sales uh, customer list, but let's try out there and you know try and sell some beer. Yeah. You know, so like we're selling one, maybe two kegs every fortnight to begin with in oh, those first couple of months. My normal working week uh, would only sort of go up, sort of like say five hours. Mm. But then like the business started mm. to get busier and busier. We got more customers. We started selling beer interstate, etc. state cetera. Et cetera. And then like, oh, so it's not like I got dropped into. The deep end And it was like All of a sudden I'm working two full time jobs Yeah It was like Okay I'm working a bit more Mm. I'm working a bit more Mm. I'm working more Alright I'm working flat out But it's like you sort of like the pace picks up but you can handle it like it was yeah. a gradual gradual pickup
1: and there's so much positive reinforcement as well you're like this is okay this is fine i'm fine
0: yeah 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 just keep yeah <laughs> just, just keep working Coffee, people love you know. the beer it'll yeah. be
1: fine yeah
0: yeah yeah it's mm. definitely just running off adrenaline and, mm. and it was exciting seeing a business grow sort of mm. organically like that it was amazing it was a good thing to be a part of
1: mm. when when you make something and people love it it's hard to Step away from that. Or yeah. did that not really... Were you just, I like the beer? Were you not addicted to other people, you know?
0: Um, I mean, like, uh, for me personally, like, if I'm just, like, making a beer at home and mm. I'm just making it for myself, I enjoy just the process of, mm. of making it. But, um, I mean, there is that added bonus of... Uh, yeah. Letting other people enjoy your product and mm. saying nice things about it always feels good. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's exciting to put something into yeah. the world. I think. Yeah. 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 So what what changed? Like what happened that it was just unsustainable?
0: Going flat out for for three years, um, it was starting to take its toll. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely was for me. We were competing with fully established breweries that that was their full time job, Absolutely. and we were. Trying to keep pace with that, yeah. and it just wasn't sustainable. And the we got, I mean, we built the business up to a point where we uh, we had to either sort of choose our day jobs, mm. or we had to set up a, our own space, yeah, and then just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with a different sort of, a, uh, I guess, our personal lives taking different directions, and mm. and uh, a few other things like that, we decided to just pull up stumps and sort mm. of leave Merchant where it is for for the time being, mm. yeah.
1: So you're at a place where you've paused on Merchant, you've still got the fancy day job that your mother values.
0: Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you been out? Six months? Uh,
0: Technically Merchant has been six months, Yeah. but I mean the the decision came probably 12 months ago realistically and just sort of the... The, the wind down process of a business, mm. which was um, another fun thing to enjoy. I yeah. guess um, chasing back all our kegs and things <laughs> like that. Oh god.
1: <laughs> well, it's tough to keep up the work when you don't have, like, you're not still investing in it emotionally because you know it's not. Yeah, you know yeah. It. it
0: was um, it was a really weird um sensation um to begin with, like, so from going like flat out and. like mm. Being like, yeah, sleep deprived, having no spare time. Yeah, I'd be like sitting on the couch at home, and I'd be like, I feel, I feel, I guess I'll put the TV on. My hobbies are basketball and surfing, and that stuff pretty much just got cut out. Yeah, until the like it was like surfing once in a blue moon and Mm. and stuff like that, which sort of then sort of cuts off, uh, I guess, the friends that I surfing surf with, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah. So that was annoying, and then Mm. uh, sort of diet and. Oh. And, and that, like I put on 20 kilos, I think, in the yeah, four yeah. years that yeah, I, yeah. I was a Merchant. Yeah, yeah. Just just bad habits because it's easier. Did they, it's did they
1: get it? Like how much you were willing to put into the business?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they got it. Um, and then, you know, some other mates, like uh, I guess in my closer circle of friends, um, were, uh, even though they got it, they were sort of getting bummed out that I was yeah. pretty much uh, just not around anymore because i was always working Mm. and i hated saying that yeah and i think at times they like would uh instead of getting like the the invite to to an event that you'd normally get an invite to Mm. it would be a a not even bother asking josh because he's working which i was which is fine but yeah
1: but it sucks because yeah and 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 it's just
0: like i don't want to be that person no
1: well and you don't want people to feel like um Oh, they, they'd like to invite you to things, but like they don't want to pressure you and they know you're really busy. And it can be this sort of cyclical thing. You mm. get invited to things, you can't go. You mm. get invited to things, you can't go. Yeah. And then, yeah, people stop inviting you and you stop having parties as well. And yeah. it's um, tough to maintain mm. the relationships. So since you've had that time back, have you really reignited those friendships? Definitely,
0: uh, 100%.
1: So in, in politics, when you leave it, Uh, there's something called relevance deprivation and I don't know if that translates to small business but it's like you felt when you were in it like everything was happening around you and it's all corridors of power and then Mm. when you're out and you've still got friends doing stuff in there Mm. you feel like it's all happening over there and you're over here being irrelevant yeah does does it feel like you're missing some of the action um,
0: I mean, originally, like uh, when I when I decided to, or when we decided to pull the pin, um, no. I mean, yeah. I guess there's times where it's like, oh yeah, I wish I was uh, brewing that beer, or that's a really cool project to be a part of. Mm. Could have maybe we could have been doing that, mm. but um, yeah. It's uh yeah. I mean, yes and no. I guess yeah. is uh, where I'm sort of trying to go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah what have you or is there anything that you you've learned in business or being a brewer that you've been able to apply back to your day job ah uh...
0: probably more maybe uh, probably more management stuff
1: oh um, yeah
0: sort of um uh like maybe being more assertive at work in the workplace and stuff i mean but uh I feel like uh, working in science research. It's this like very protective bubble where mm. generally everyone is um, very very nice and scared of conflict. Are they? And, uh, yeah, just uh, very nice people. So um, yeah, it's not like a I guess like a. a uh, Like a banking business. So i um, been able to be more frank at work has uh, helped a lot, I guess, is a a skill that i brought from the beer world into, into cancer research.
1: That's so interesting. I would have thought that as a scientist, you would need to be prepared to challenge the status quo because, you know, you're discovering things, and that's the entire premise. And if what you're looking at disagrees with what someone else is looking at, then your job is to say, look, I don't think you've looked at the evidence or, yeah. you know, but people are people just crazy polite?
0: Um, oh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, uh, from what I just said about being nice, <laughs> but uh, I mean, like when you are presenting like sort of big results yeah. uh, in a seminar, like, uh, yeah, I mean, people will go after you, I guess, oh, but that's awesome. I, it's, I guess it's just not like an everyday yeah thing, mm. yeah.
1: You're, you know, at a formative time and you could go in a million directions. Do you know what the rest of your life looks like or you want it to look Uh, like? uh,
0: uh, I have ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Putting them into the practice. What is your idea? I mean, like. My pro surfing career has died.
1: <laughs> Cause, um, the one, 20 kilograms, uh, total, you know. Because I'm not a very good surfer. <laughs> sure, um,
0: sure. My basketball career has died because, again, I'm mediocre at that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to have to maybe either continue in science, cure um, some cancer. Yeah, so it will either stay in that avenue or I will um, uh, stop that and then either go in and create my own business somewhere into the, in the alcohol uh, field, I'll say.
1: No, those are very hectic choices. Yeah. But I guess, do you feel like the experience of doing both at once, like you, you can't do that again, or um, you, you're not into those choices? I can,
0: I can do both again. Um, but, so if I was to do like full-time science work, mm. the... It would only be sort of uh, sort of very small time brewing on the side where I can really control the pace of mm. what I'm doing. Mm. Um, yeah, like essentially just contracting or, or something very, very small and low-key. Mm. Um, sort of extreme hobbyism, I guess I'll describe it. Because yeah.
1: <laughs> you're still making <laughs> yeah. some like, beer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I mean like um, with uh, Merchant uh, sort of uh, shutting its doors, uh, I've still been... Home brewing like a madman and I think like a, a lot of the beers that I'm brewing have probably been the, you know some of the best that I've produced but like not mm. for the for the for the world to, to taste unfortunately
1: what is it that brewing does for you as a person dare I say it emotionally that science doesn't what is it just that you love both of them or was there something you needed to be satisfied
0: um I mean uh with uh cancer research like uh getting sort of good positive uh results is a real slog you know it takes years at a time I mean in terms of uh, from a results perspective um I mean you can I mean most people would probably think that you know it takes weeks to to, to brew a beer and get a result, but that's uh, I see that as quite a, a short term process. Mm. So being able to to get a, a result, either good or bad, you know, the beer could end up tasting gross and going down the drain. But um, yeah, like I I enjoy being able to get a a, a results quick.
1: Did you ever think about uh, sort of taking investment or just? and employing people being kind of a, a figurehead keeping a day job or is that not appealing like if you're going to do it you want to do it all the way and be really hands-on yeah,
0: yeah yeah so if i was to do it yeah i think i will just um yeah just choose the one oh, and be hands-on yeah such a massive call. so i guess um for uh, uh the three of us that were a part of merchant um where like I mean we had the end goal uh, originally to actually give up our day jobs mm. and be uh, you know live uh, just live off the, the brewery I guess mm. but um yeah it just didn't work out that way
1: had you taken investment say would it have got there
0: um, I guess I mean we we had many conversations mm. uh, with investors really? and, um, and we were you know extremely close to, to pulling the trigger on that stuff of really? actually setting up our, our space, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think just because uh, our I guess the three, our three personal lives were mm. starting to come into question of actually, like well, if we do this and with all this stuff uh, sort of happening in the background, will we be able to sort of run this space mm. successfully mm. Um, yeah, so we weren't sure on that, so I think that's sort of a, a major reason why we sort of didn't move forward again.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, 30s is just a hectic time. Yeah. And there are a lot of different choices that have yeah. to be made.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, for well, for me, um, it was just uh, staying in Sydney yeah. and, like, setting a space up in Sydney, and I was like, well, I'm not sure if I want to live in Sydney for much, much longer, mm. you know? Mm. Uh, but I don't want... That decision like I don't want to set up a space and then be like oh, all right see you later or I mean yeah. I, there is a, uh, the, the possibilities of going silent partner and, mm. and all that sort of stuff but um, mm. that's a, sort of one of the other major reasons that I, we, we, uh, we discussed yeah
1: yeah but I mean I guess if, if your love of it is the doing then yeah silent partner gets you like what just uh, some profit you know it's yeah Prestige—that's a prestige and profit—isn't beer making.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a, it'd be uh, just a pointless venture. <laughs> so <it'd be> <laughs> just
1: like tie up all that sweet mortgage money. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, no, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah well, um, we're very, very excited to see <laughs> what you do next. And. You know, I love you as a brewer. And you're obviously a beautiful person as well, but you're oh, an amazing
0: thank you. Thank you. Very humbling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You know, like anything you ever make, I will gladly drink. Oh. What, a, what a generous offer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming in.
0: Oh, well, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Good. Yeah.
1: You've been listening to The Slashies, made for Factory TV, and thank you to our guest, Josh Allen of Merchant Brewing. We recorded at the Sausage Factory in Dulwich Hill, home of Chrissy's Cut Sausages and Sausage Queen Brewing. Our theme track is Well of Dreams by Monica to be released through Lazy Thinking Records this year. This means literally all five of our businesses have been represented in this podcast episode. If you know a slashy, drop me a line. I'm all over all kinds of social media and I would love to hear your ideas. And just to say hi. Thanks for listening.